cannot say the election is in the books as votes are still being counted. The question many Americans are asking is, are they cooking the books? Well, you can call this one election chaos. The track record we've seen in states like Arizona, Georgia, Nevada, Pennsylvania, and others creates more questions than answers for Americans. Congressman-elect Zach Nunn, Iowa's 3rd District, will give us a sense of the moment on his congressional victory. And from Arizona, Jennifer Kelly from Team Kerry and radio host of KNSTAM in Tucson, Garrett Lewis, talk about the problems on the ground there in Arizona. And then Lieutenant Colonel Tony Schaefer breaks it all down for us on who will prevail in the House and the Senate. Restoring faith in the electorate. It's all next on Viewpoint this Sunday. the bias, the lies and deceit, and bring forth real talk from real people about real news, providing the out loud truth and capturing the essence of a new generation all in a fast-paced hour. This is Viewpoint This Sunday. Welcome to the weekend news magazine, Viewpoint This Sunday. It is Malcolm Allowed. Well, restoring faith in the electorate. So that is a good place to start for my fellow Americans. And uh, wow, uh, it's uh, explosive uh, already, the election, and uh, a lot of uncertainty, uh, to be sure. Uh, but it was not the kind of election many anticipated. We, we know that at this point here. A very interesting program today. We'll talk about how do we restore faith in the electorate. We have some dynamic folks coming on here to discuss all of this. Uh, but a great place to start right over the top here is somebody who was uh, very successful in uh, in winning that seat. That they, you know, it, just think about uh, you know running for Congress and then to be victorious and how that uh, feels. Uh, joining me on the program now, and the first time I can actually say this is uh, Congressman Elect Zach Dunn joins me, and he will represent Iowa's third district. Uh, it's uh, going to be in the 118th Congress, I believe it is. And, uh, of course, uh, Zach has a wonderful military history. First of all, a state senator in Iowa as well, by the way. You may probably know that. But he is a retired lieutenant colonel of the U.S. Air Force. Uh, he's been deployed many times to Iraq, Afghanistan, overseas. And um, uh, my dear friend, uh, Zach Nunn, brother Zach, it is good. And now, see, I can call you a congressman-elect, huh? <laughs> Malcolm, thank you so much for having us on your show. And I want to thank your listeners in particular. This was truly a team sport. Uh, we worked hard. This is one of those, you know, neck and neck races out of Iowa's third. Uh, we, we won by just over 2,000 votes. So uh, pretty, pretty uh, uh, close, close to the mark. But you yeah, know what? Yeah. We'll take the win. Absolutely. Yeah, that's a nail biter. That's what they call it. But a lot of the races are that way, Zach, all over the country. I mean, there, there's no really mandate one way or the other. They're all sort of like a teeter-totter. And, you know, you you basically pull it out if you get there. So, all right, let me now listen. The fact that you're now one, the fact that you're going, we're only going to have one opportunity to have the kind of conversation I'd like to have you talk to you next. Before we get into some of the policies, some of the other things here, let me ask you this. 
now that you're headed there to Washington, D.C., as a representative of we the people, what's the sense? How does that make you feel? Malcolm, it's a very humbling experience. I mean, I think we look back in our nation's history, fewer than 12,000 people have served in the state in the U.S. House of Representatives. Mm-hmm. Um, we're charged with, uh, you know, 435 of us, yeah. both Republican and Democrat, representing a country 330 million strong. And as Churchill says, it may not be perfect, but it's better than every other form of government out there. And um, we want to do best for all Americans in securing our country, protecting our freedoms and liberties, and making sure that families like yours and mine can still follow the American dream. So that's what we're headed to Washington heavy on our shoulders with. Yeah. Now, of course, what's interesting about the House of Representatives, as you know, Zach, I mean, you're closest to the people. That's what makes it so very cool. Uh, you have that connectivity, which really brings local and national together. And that really is the House of Representatives, as you say, 435 uh, so now I'm wondering, uh, so the evening that this all happened and you, your race was called that evening, correct? Yeah. So it was um, we knew uh, that it would been called that night. And so we declared victory just uh, midnight. Right. The local media had called it the apparently in some parts of the world, you have to wait for the Associated Press and or the New York Times to call it before they'll accept it as real. And they waited until uh, midday the following day. But our, our uh, victory continued to just grow in numbers. Right. So uh, we were very happy with where we were. We knew there were some outstanding military ballots, uh, a handful, and we felt very confident as a military member those were coming in on our side. Tell, us about, gonna... t- t- tell us about the congratulations. You did get a call from your opponent, yes? And how did that go? Well, that's the, that's the area. No, we thanked our opponent for putting her name on the ballot. She refused to call us. We exchanged numbers ahead of time. Oh. Uh, she put out a fairly pithy tweet statement the next day saying that being in Congress was the best opportunity of her life. No thank you to the um, um, Iowans who had sent her there in the first place. And then she gave a a fairly scolding lecture on Facebook that she hoped I knew what I was getting into because this is a real job. So clearly um, some people handle it with class. I think when I beat my first incumbent, I sent them a, bottle of bourbon the night before and i said hey it's been a great race either way we can share this the next day and then you have uh candidates like my opponent who in my opinion took the coward's way out and uh are still fairly bitter that they didn't have the opportunity mm, wow. to continue to serve. so so there was no call at all then that's no we've still not received a call or a concession yeah well I, I did not know that i i i just was trying to get a sense of what that call was like but i guess it never happened so really really we'll never know uh, boy, that right. is really when it comes to politics or sports or life, that is really a poor sport attitude. No matter what uh, the, the, the victors or win or lose, you always have to, uh, uh, you know, uh, have a sense of the moment when it happens. Clearly, you know, uh, it's unfortunate. Well, and, and Malcolm, I'll just I'll end with this because I think you're absolutely right. In, in American politics right now, it, it's gotten very bitter. And so we have uh, thanked the Congresswoman publicly. We have uh, thanked particularly her staff. And in our first debate, I shook her hand and she tried to walk away from me, but I I followed her and I said, Congresswoman, it's not about you. It's not about me. It's about people of Iowa. And at the end, she ended up Mm. shaking my hand. So I think all of us have to remember, you know what? We went into um, sports when we were kids. You shake your hand walking on the field and shake it when you walk off. 
It's the right thing to do for America. All right. Let me ask you this profound question. I'm I'm thinking I'm just thinking of listeners who hear, you know, uh, Congressman elect and now you're you're going to be representing the people. What's the big takeaway? Uh, the uh, and I'm talking about the impact of someone. You know, we talk about a representative government here, and I'm talking about the impact of someone who decides to run for public office in a national race like this. And and we're seeing more and more military do this, but as a whole, for people to get involved, what's the impact to, to one's life? Malcolm, there's a lot of amazing things about it. My favorite part is going around to every county uh, in the state of Iowa that we represent, 21 counties every month, talking and hearing from folks and then trying to be a fighter for them. We were a fighter for them on the battlefield. We were a fighter for them at the state house. I hope to do the same when we go to Congress. But there's also, I think, a real challenge here that, you know, everyday families like my own, we've got four kids, two fosters, um, I'm a military guy. By no means am, are we rich. Uh, and it's it's a major sacrifice. We took time off from our military responsibilities to do this. We've been living on savings, um, but we think it's important enough to be able to serve our community. We also want to hold, you know, elected people in D.C. accountable. And increasingly, there are too many people that go to Washington and get rich in the process. Yeah. This should be about serving the state, serving your community, serving your friends and neighbors. And so that's kind of the commitment that we made going into it. And it made it much better. Uh, yeah. You can certainly put a lot of hours in. But at the end of the day, it's not about you. It's about the service that you've been called to perform. That is well said. That is well said. But, you know, as, as, as long as I've known you, Zach, I mean, you're a very humble man. And so, I mean, I know what you bring to the game here. I really do. And I think that's going to be uh, just terrific as, as you do this. Now, let, let me let me ask you to just get to the concern we have uh, when it comes yeah. to the House and Speaker and then policy and what have you. Here's what I want to ask you here now. First off, the election is still ongoing, as we'll be talking about in just moments here with some uh, folks in, uh, with the Kerry Lake campaign in Arizona. Uh, it is still ongoing, and uh, we still don't even know uh, which way is up, whether it's governorships, whether it's the Senate, whether it's the House. One of the things we've noticed is they, the Republicans have not closed the numbers yet. They've not completed the cycle for that 218 seats. And it's sort of in slow motion right now. And we see the Democrats are now creeping up. They're both over a couple of hundred. I also see a couple of very uh, awkward reports of saying, oh, bye, wait a minute, wait a minute. Democrats could still win this, could still. You know, I don't know if you've seen those. Yes. Yeah, but it's been said. So what do you think about that? I mean, it's we can just sit here and say, OK, for sure, they're going to win. But is there a little uncomfortableness or with the process right now, I'm asking you? Yeah, I think I think, you know, we are still waiting to see the final numbers coming. But here's where I get frustrated. I feel like the um, and not you, Malcolm, but there are some of the media who continue to use the idea of a racehorse as a way to sell their newspapers and get talking heads on television. We've been told all summer it's going in one direction. They pull it back with some really ridiculous polling that came out in the last final days and weeks. I think that, you know, some of that probably skewed some of these races. Mm -hmm. And now we've got races, not unlike my own, that we know have been called. But for whatever reason, uh, places like the New York Times uh, wait for hours and hours after the election results are in before they'll make a final call. Mm -hmm. And it leads to this um suspense which probably makes for good advertising sales but is not fair to the american people so on that part i'm frustrated that being said i feel very confident that at the end of this there will be a republican majority the red wave will be waving nancy pelosi goodbye 
and will be in a position to start holding the tax and spend agenda of the Biden administration accountable. Because at the end of the day, every American has ranked that as their top issue. The economy and inflation have to be fixed. We need a government that functions, not a government that just passes rubber stamps on trillions of dollars in spending that end up hurting every family in America. Yeah, yeah. And, and well, and clearly the House has the purse strings, so they can have an impact, although you still have the Biden administration you'll be dealing with. And of course, we don't know where the Senate falls. Will you, will you support Kevin McCarthy as Speaker of the House? Have you made that decision? Yeah, so I think you highlighted a very good point here. Congress under Article 1 has the responsibility for the purse strings and our spending. That's going to be the number one question I ask for anyone that wants to run on the congressional Republican leadership side. So I've received calls from members who are looking to run, and I'm a little bit of a traditionalist here. I like to actually hear their speech and where they stand before I will commit my vote to anybody. So I've been transparent with everyone in leadership. Would love to hear where they stand, how they intend to lead this small conference, and how they intend to help America. I'll be making my decision after they've had their opportunity to present themselves, not before. All right. Well, that's cool. So you, you've kind of put that on ice till you really see the facts and then can determine uh, which direction forward. Uh, your sense, I mean, he appears to be the one that's in the position to become next speaker. Uh, is that what you're hearing or is there really anyone else close in play that you know of? Yeah, I think that, that he's probably uh, the lead uh, candidate here. I do think that there needs to be a conversation, though, on, hey, what happened within the Republican conference that we either overplayed our hand in some races and we left good races on the table. So that was that's a strategic uh, again, military guy here. We need to have a post-battle after action report to identify what worked, what did not work, and make sure that we're following a pathway like Florida or Iowa or Texas that worked, and then look at some other states where we had real hiccups. I think there's some great insights to be drawn from places like New York and California, places where we thought Republicans were going to do disastrously and ended up being very bright spots for us. And then we've got other areas where we need to say, hey, the um, Democrats really were able to outmaneuver us maybe on a couple of key races in messaging and how they allocated funding to really influence that messaging. We don't want that to happen again when we head into 2024 and we've got a Republican at the top of the presidential ticket. Now, with this new Congress coming in, uh, it's, uh, you know, it, economic experts are predicting a very difficult couple of years coming up. A, a enormous belt tightening will be required. We're talking with families and life. And I mean, they're not uh, in. In fact, if you look at the GDP over the last uh, three quarters, the two that were in decline and the one that barely uh, got by here this past one, just before the election, mind you. Uh, and uh, they're now predicting we'll, we'll fall again in the next one, and this recession will become more clear and anticipate some difficult times ahead here. Yeah, Malcolm, I think here's the situation where for the past two years we've had policy failure after policy failure inflicted on us by the Biden administration, and we're not going to be able to pull out of the nosedive in the first two months. But what we can do on the first day is start correcting the bad behavior that has been laid under the Pelosi regime. I want to make sure that we are moving forward with ending the proxy vote. My you know, former opponent was in France when she raised people's taxes by 15 percent and created 87,000 new tax agents. Um, she got to vote by, by proxy because she wasn't there being held accountable. She did that over 100 times. Let's end that. That's a procedural thing we can do day one. Two, we need to be able to say, hey, let's really rein in the runaway spending that's coming out of Washington. Let's get rid of those 87,000 tax agents and let 
Iowans and Americans make good choices with their money. We've seen this work in my home state. We cut it by billions of dollars and our economy grew. Federal government spends trillions of dollars and we go into the tank. So there's clear macroeconomics that can be applied here on day one uh, to help right the ship. But you're absolutely right, Malcolm. We need to understand that the damage that's been done over the last two years can't be fixed in the first week. And so we need folks uh, to come on board with good solutions, Republicans, Democrats, and independents, but recognize that Republicans are going to control the spending agenda here, and we're not going to allow the federal government to just run wild with this. That's causing a damage to all of us. We wish you so much success, my friend. We really and so proud that you represent We the People. You, you've given so much to the country. You continue to do that. We're very proud of you, my friend. Malcolm, I am just very honored. I'm humbled. Uh, we are going to lead as a servant's heart. And, um, you know, as we march forward here, I do have my military uh, two-week uh, requirement here coming up. So I'm going to go and be a, a good airman. And then we'll get to the work of fighting for the American people in Washington come January 2023. I hope to talk to you again as we head into the inauguration week. Thank you, Malcolm. Yeah, be awesome. Thank you. Uh, Congressman-elect Zach Nunn, and he takes off there January 3rd, uh, 2023. The 118th Congress will convene. Uh, what an, I mean, this is really the, the beauty of our government, as Zach was pointing out a moment ago here. Uh, may not be perfect, but it surely is the best that we've seen out there, friends. Uh, again, how do we restore confidence in this electorate is really going to be, I think, the ongoing question moving forward. We're at a pivotal moment in our nation, to be sure here. We're also at a pivotal moment with the winter flu season coming in. This is no average flu season. Uh, there are many calling it potentially triple-demic, uh, but you're talking about the remnants still in the variants of COVID, but you're talking about uh, the flu season, which is bad enough as it is, and then a lot of respiratory problems, RSV. Uh, so this is where there's uh, comments you're seeing about a triple-demic. And they're just speaking about being a harsh winter uh, season of flu and influenza and problems. The best thing you can do, my fellow Americans, is to protect yourself and your loved ones, to be sure. And I think one of the greatest ways to do that is HOCL, the hypochlorous in the Genesis Fogger, or now brand new, the Genesis UX4 atomizer. And it is a, this is a stationary device. Now you put the HOCL in, and it, it puts that dry mist in the room. It's sort of like the Fogger. You remember we talked about that you can move around with. But the UX4 is an amazing product. I have mine all hooked up. It's terrific. Here's the thing, the power of HOCL, it kills the flu, the uh, the influenzas, the pathogens. We're speaking about the pathogens, uh, SARS-CoV-2, uh, superbugs, uh, even mold. It has a massive impact. A lot of people have mold, and you, mold is a problem because you don't even see it. Uh, it's really the hidden enemy, if you will. The power of HOCL in Genesis is amazing. Uh, you can check both of those out. Our listeners get 15% off either the uh, UX4 Atomizer, the stationary device, or the Fogger, which is movable, of course, transportable. Uh, check those out there. You can go to genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud, uh, and you'll see you get the 15% off our listeners get off of those products. Or you can also click the banner ads back at americaoutloud.com, friends. There's another way to do that. Uh, we'll move it on now to uh, Arizona, the great state of Arizona. They are having some troubles again, counting uh, the votes. Uh, we'll pick that up next, friends, as Viewpoints rolls on. 
The America Out Loud talk radio app is on Android or Apple. It's the perfect way to listen in to the new generation of talk shows and hosts who are ready to inform and inspire. We know you love the versatility and portability of the Genesis Fogger, but sometimes you just want to set it and forget it. Well, we heard you. Introducing the UX4 HOCL Atomizer. This stationary unit quietly protects you and is perfect for smaller spaces. With over a quarter million units sold in Japan, it's now available in the United States. Visit genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud to see the UX4 in action and receive a 15% discount on either Fogger with promo code OUTLOUD. With Genesis, you're ready for anything. Hello, I'm Ben Marble, MD, and I founded MyFreeDoctor.com as a donation-supported, faith-based nonprofit with a mission to save lives by delivering free doctor visits to patients in all 50 states of America. MyFreeDoctor.com treats a broad range of health concerns like COVID-19, long COVID, sinus infections, urinary tract infections, rashes, medication refills, and more. So please visit MyFreeDoctor.com, where we're healing America one person at a time. Welcome back to Viewpoint this Sunday. It is Malcolm Aloud here, and the subject point today, my fellow Americans, is restoring faith in the electorate. It seems that the same states are having difficulties counting the votes in any timely manner, right? I mean, and then what happens is the ensuing time lapse causes great consternation, fear, doubt, suspicion, and you can probably add a few adjectives yourself to that list, and people start talking. Uh, it fuels all kinds of conversations uh, when people see the irregularities that are taking place. And again, it becomes it's becoming too normal in our election cycle here. Uh, we're going to go right into Arizona right now and speak to, uh, I'm really thrilled to have both of these uh, folks on here. Jennifer Kelly joins us. Uh, she lives in the Scottsdale area there. She's been part of Team Carry on the grassroots movement to save Arizona since June 2021. Uh, has been very much into this, watching this election fraud. A lot of folks have been on the ground watching it. Also join us, Garrett Lewis is here, and he is a voice that is well known in that region. He does a program, The Morning Ritual on K-N-S-T-A-M in Tucson. And we were just talking before the mic went live. He's been there for a lot of years. He's well, well known and interviews um, carry on a fairly regular basis because it's you've got to have your hometown uh, radio stations there. It's good to have you both on here. Jennifer and Garrett, welcome. Thank oh, you. Great to be here. Jennifer, what is the biggest concern you have right now for the irregularities that are going on on the ground right now? Let's cut right to the chase and let listeners know what's the biggest problems, uh, if, you know, lack of confidence you're seeing there in Arizona? Well, I think it's because people's votes haven't been counted. You know, they casted their vote. It should be one vote one day. And they don't understand why we are the last one of the last states in the entire country to even have our votes counted. You know, a lot of a lot of shenanigans happened on the day of election. People stood in line. Tabulators weren't working. And if you question the narrative, you're shut down. So people have had had doubts on election day uh, when they could when they stood in line. And and then in the days to follow that their votes have not been counted. Now, Katie Hobbs, uh, who is the opponent of Carrie Lake, is Secretary of State. This has been very controversial. She's actually in charge of the elections and the counting of these votes, and yet she's the one she's counting, which right. is really weird. I mean, well, it's, her- it's not it's and it's not illegal for her to be Secretary of State in Arizona and run for governor. 
And so, but the question is, is that's the right thing? If you want to be truly transparent, you're going to step back right, and not right. and say, hands off, I'm not going to be involved in this. I'm just running for governor or I'm going to be secretary of state and I'm not going to run for governor. Yeah, um, yeah, she yeah. will not, she would not address that. And a lot of people questioned it, including myself, including Carrie. And I think that that's one of the reasons why she would not debate Carrie is she did not want that. She did not want to be asked the tough questions. Yeah, that, that was a telltale sign when a, when a yes. uh, uh, you know an incumbent doesn't want to debate. That that should speak volumes of the situation there. Uh, Garrett, uh, looking at this, you've been covering these things now on broadcast uh, for some time, and you have a really good sense. I know you do. And Arizona has been really right at the center of these uh, catastrophes. What's what's the biggest screw up of this time around? You're seeing. Uh, you know, here's the situation. Just, just all over the state, and Jennifer was touching on it, Maricopa County, I mean, at one point you had upwards of 36% of the tabulation machines just not working. So people standing in line, and, and people don't trust after 2020, they don't trust, they're paying attention now more than ever, they don't trust how our election systems work. So when all of a sudden, it's well known that this year, Republicans don't want to mail in the ballots, they don't trust it, they want to go vote in person. Um, when all of a sudden 36% of the tabula tabulation machines go down in the largest county in the state, people say, are you kidding me? And this is, mind you, election day was Tuesday. On Monday, in the afternoon, the day before the election, Bill Gates, who is a Maricopa County supervisor and the chairman, and the Maricopa County recorder, Stephen Richard, had a press conference basically lambasting anybody for thinking anything could go wrong. All the machines have been tested. Don't believe fake news when people put it out there. If they don't like the results, everything's going to be fine. Everything's been tested. And the next day, 36%, they say now it was 70 of 223 voting centers had problems when the tabulation machine would not read the ballot. And then people yeah. were stuck there for hours. And, and what are the and chances so of that happening, my friend? What are the chances of that happening? And, you know, what you just said is so important. The fact that they came out and was, as they always do, throw it up against back at you to say it's not going to happen. Yeah. Yet it happens. Do they apologize for it? No, they actually no. said they were offended. Uh, Bill Gates, a <laughs> uh, very effeminate man. He said that he was very offended that Carrie Lake would be upset with something like this and she would call into question. And I mean, and they, they keep moving the goalposts. All right, we're going to have all the votes counted by Friday. We're going to have all the votes counted by Saturday. Maybe early next week. They have no idea. And when we see this, we get flashbacks to 2020 and think, are they trucking in more ballots? Right. And now exactly. one of the big problems is, is these ballots, they're doing drips and drabs. 80,000 get released and they're all from Democratic strongholds. Mm -hmm. And we're being told, oh, that's just random. We have no idea where these ballots are coming from. But they're all Democratic strongholds. It's like they want to load it up and try to get our candidates to concede. See, that's the problem right there, ballots. Garrett. That's the problem. And what happens is, <laughs> what, what I've started to see as part of this pattern now is that at the last minute, like what happened in Georgia back at uh, the, the last go around with the two senators uh, and, and so many others, they're always pulling you know numbers out. It's always the... Uh, I don't know. I always just always see it as the Demo they always find the votes for the Democrat opponent. Right. What it appears to me. Why? I mean, don't isn't people that becoming obvious to people now? I mean, come on. Well, it's becoming obvious to the voters here in Arizona. I mean, they're they're yeah. uh, they're questioning the narrative. But then if you question, you're called an election denier. Right. You know, they, they catch you. You know, the longer we go from counting the votes and getting the election results, from day of election, the more it makes you think that there's fraud involved. 
I mean, so, it should be in and first in, first out. Well, who defines first in, first out? My definition is when I vote on Tuesday mm-hmm. before 7 a.m. when polls open, my first vote in should be the first vote out. And yet it's taking days yeah. to even register. Um, I've seen a uh, speech from Blake Masters and man, he went after McConnell. I mean, he tore him uh, up pretty much. And uh, said, you know, he didn't get the money, he didn't get the support, so on and so forth. Um, Garrett, what are you hearing about that? With, uh, I mean, obviously, Blake put his whole heart and soul into this. And uh, now with uh, them announcing Mark Kelly, he's, again, as you say, not not conceding yet. But they hardly ever turn the other way once they do this. No, but you know what, Blake? I, I've known him for three years. He is the smartest man I've ever met, and he's worked wow. so hard. And I'm not kidding. And that's hard for a guy like me to admit that somebody else could be smarter than me. But he really is the smartest <laughs> man I've ever met. And and you know, he he is not going to concede. There yeah, but wait a minute, wait a minute. You and I just met, though, Garrett. Hold on, that's not yes. a fair equation. Oh, that's <laughs> true. Well, I'm still getting to know you. I'm still getting to know you. Now. You have a chance. You have. Well, hey, I'm not going to be. Vouch. I'm not going to be an intelligence denier. I can vouch. Garrett is very intelligent. <laughs> oh, I fool people. I fool people quite a bit. So, so yeah, I, I, it's, go ahead. Yeah. You know, I, I'm, I'm hope, Blake's going to hold strong. Um, I mean, we're you know, th- there are so many ballots still left to count. And right. I just nobody believes the media like the media can say one yeah. thing, call one thing. We are not in for that. And if, if I can go back for a quick second, also, Malcolm, just to give you perspective and your listeners perspective in a presidential election in 2020 in the state of Arizona, 170,000 people dropped off their early mail-in ballot on the day of the election mm-hmm. in a midterm just happened. It was, right. and that was in Maricopa County, 170,000 in a midterm election. They were overwhelmed. 292,000 people dropped it off. That shows you how people don't trust it. And on top of that, there was, a, there was a great law that was passed. And, and yet the media, except for me, they didn't say a word about it, but it was very helpful. People could take their mail-in ballot all over the state of Arizona, take it in on election day, Look at the uh, the election workers say, I want to spoil this. I want a ballot to yes. vote today. So it's counted today. And the media never, never let people know that that was actually available, because if that was available, that's what people would have done. And I'm telling yeah, you that yeah. the fix was in from the from the, the rhino. McCain well, Democrats. let's talk about that. And, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, th- this election system needs a complete overhaul. You need a governor, obviously, who will bring uh, uh, ring it out and change that. That I mean, it's a horrible system. And this this all came in through COVID. Uh, hold on, I want to ask you something, uh, Jennifer, uh, specifically. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm getting a sinking feeling. I want to ask both of you because I'm mm-hmm. not trying to be a smart guy here, and I don't want to jump ahead of the conversation. But I'm getting a very sinking feeling. I know the narrative that's put out from the base of people who support Carrie Lake and, and, and love her. And, and I think about every American knows she's very lovable as a, as a, uh, as an American and as somebody who pours her heart in one of the most authentic people, you can see that when she speaks very clearly. Um, I'm getting a sinking feeling that this is not going to go the way that we think it's going to go. I, and I don't really, I know I shouldn't be putting that out there in daylight, but I, I, I know you're going to tell me, no, she's going to win. She's going to be a victor. But Jennifer, I, I'm getting a really bad feeling at this point. Uh, what's your gut tell you? Well, my gut tells me is I believe she's going to win. We've known from the very beginning that she would have to win by a very large margin to win by a little bit because because we knew that the fix was going to be in. Um, I'm a precinct committeeman in my LD here in um, Scottsdale. And, you know, we knew we, we've been door knocking, meet, meeting with voters. Um, I've been I've been working Carrie's rallies. I've been working uh, fundraising events. 
and it is absolutely packed. People wait hours in line to get in to hear her. And so what's happening does not represent the people. Oh, by the way, by the way, Jennifer, that almost sounds like you're describing Trump, deja vu, Trump and Biden, right? This is is, this is 2022.0. And and, you know, she would draw a crowd. She'll be she'll be in a room. And I mean, people are are packed. I've been at fundraisers where there have been in private homes. I've had one where I have to I have to cut off the count because I, so many people want to come. And it, that, that is not representation of what's what what's going on with this election. Yes. And we knew yeah. from we knew from the beginning that we would have to campaign very hard. We right. knew that we would have to make up for ballot harvesting, ballot dropping in order to win this election. I love what you say there. Yeah, it, it's perfect. And the way you you said we'd have to do more to know it's, you know, just because to, to be able to win it because they're we're going to they're going to be playing these games. Garrett, what do you what do you, I mean, your heart, what what's your sense? I mean, do you, are they where does this fall? I mean, are they uh, is she so, going to so, be victorious yeah. or are they going to pull this from her, brother? I, so I, I have I, a bad I, feeling. I, yeah, no, you know what? And that, that's what they want. That's what they want. And that's why. You can't listen to the media that will just say, oh, Hobbs lead grows. Uh, they have drips and drabs released. And when Hobbs leads grows, it grows by 3000 votes. Um, so so as of as of uh, I think it was Friday, there were only I think Katie Hobbs is ahead by just over 30,000 votes. Exactly. And there are and there are in Maricopa County alone. I believe it was about 250,000 uh, ballots that were dropped off on election day, which are Republican ballots. Still well, we hope they are, but what about if there's fraud with that again, Garrett? I'm, I'm just uh, I asking. guess we'll see it. I, I guess we'll see that to, you know, we'll have to see that to believe it. And people's BS meters are, are off the charts, but I, I like to deal, you know, as much as I like to deal in emotion, I like to deal in facts. Amen. And the fact that they still have hundreds of thousands of ballots that they haven't put out the totals of people dropping off their ballot on the day of, which right. those are Republicans because they don't, they don't like to, they don't they don't trust the system. And on top of that, they still even have they have so many people that voted on Election Day. They have oh, people in uh, Pima County that, that their votes still haven't even been processed. And this well, is, and, you know, they, this is almost a week later. And, 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 you know, every vote should count the media. This is the problem is starting in 2020 with the covid. You know, I hate to bring back covid. I mean, it was such a nightmare, but they. They conditioned people to stay home and listen to the media for all of their information because everything was shut down. So you fast forward to the November 2020 elections. Everyone is taking their word for it with how how things are going. And then they're doing the same thing here because people tune into the fake news as their authority figure. And they don't don't think for themselves. I mean, you know, the watch party, I was at the um, Republican watch party here in Arizona and we're watching, for example, Gavin Newsom. Zero reporting from precincts, yet he's the projected winner on the fake news. And it's like they've not even reported any any votes. And people will take people won't question or people won't stand up and question that. There's not a journalist. You know, I met Kerry through I had information on election integrity concerns, mm-hmm. viable information. And we kept trying to get this information out. And she at the time she was a the Phoenix Fox News anchor here in mm-hmm. Phoenix. And um she was the only one that would listen. I mean, I had and she we were able to get this information to the White House, but they they shoot down anything that does goes against their narrative with this election. There are a lot of uh, reports, uh, irregularities that we're hearing. And, you know, it's hard because, you know, a lot of people on the other side begin to call you a poor loser. You know, you have that right. narrative out there. Oh, you're just a poor loser. 
And yet, with all these irregularities, you start to do the math, and it is questionable. But it does come back to the the uh, the voter system itself, the the authenticity of people feeling confident to put those votes in there, and they're clearly not doing it. Oh, and it's it's awful. Real quick, Malcolm, if I can yeah. just jump in. La- yeah. uh, a week and a half ago, the the Arizona Senate um, they put forth a presentation. They hired an outside firm to audit just a hundred four thousand mail in ballots mm-hmm. from the twenty twenty election. Just a hundred four thousand. Right. Um, you could find it. It's it's on Rumble. It's on my KNST.com website. I, I put the video up there out of the 104,000 just random. Right. It was five percent of mail in ballots in Maricopa County. That's it. They found twenty thousand eight hundred thirty two that were accepted for signature verification that should have been tossed. And they had example after example. They showed in this presentation by this firm where the signature of the person that signed the envelope did not match the voter registration card. Not even close. Some had no signature, no date were rejected, went to a second level and were accepted. I mean, no signature. So this whole system, they don't they don't know what they're doing, matching signatures. And and, yeah. and this is what we're waiting through right now. This whole system is corrupt. They found, I'm not kidding you, 20% of the ballots should have been tossed just out of 100,000. Now, if you extrapolate that uh, into the 2 million, you're looking at 400,000 ballots. Mm-hmm. And Trump supposedly lost by 10,000. This whole system is, is terrible. That's why they're trying so hard to stop Kerry from winning, Abe Hamaday yes. from getting in there. Uh, because Carrie said she's going to call for a special session first day when she's in there to right. fix this and do precinct voting, small precincts, no mail in unless you're overseas in the military or you're extremely sick and can't get to a poll. Yeah, yeah. Well, it needs and to the be o- fixed. The other thing is that, you know, I have people reaching out to me who mm-hmm. have actually worked behind the scenes with the election. You know, they're volunteers, they're poll watchers, poll workers, or election clerks. And if they question anything, because a lot of the people that oversee are Democrat, they are considered conspiracy, theory, conspiracy theorists. Um, they 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 see what's going on. They speak up. One one person was even shoved in the back when she questioned a narrative. Garrett, you're still confident. It sounds like it, but you you're concerned. Obviously, uh, as you see what's happening there, you've seen this record play before. You reported on it, obviously, heavily in the last election. Uh, your your final your your sense of the of the moment, the gravity of the moment. Sure. It, it, um, we always knew Blake's race was going to be tough because Mark Kelly is one hell of a liar. I mean, putting out commercials where right. he says he's always laser focused on the border. And sometimes, unfortunately, people believe it. And that's why Blake was mad that Mitch McConnell pulled the nine, $9.6 million that he was supposed to get to help get his message out there even more. Um, but Kerry is much closer. Katie is the worst candidate. She's actually worse than John Fetterman. It's that bad. Um, right. She is that bad of a candidate. And, 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 and he am, won. And he yeah, won. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, well, that's, you know, the smart people. Well, in they Pennsylvania, have, look at their, mail, their mail-in votings for yeah. Pennsylvania. I mean, yeah. it's, it's, it's broad as there. So I think, I, and I told Carrie this, I said, this, it sucks right now. It's terrible. But this could be a gift because more people have this this idea that the election needs to be fixed top of mind now more than yeah. ever. I was so thinking she of gets that. In, yeah. She'll, yeah. yeah, once she gets in yeah. six weeks later, yeah. special session, solve it, move on to the next. Yeah, yeah. I, I, mean, I agree, Garrett. I, yeah. I believe that this waiting period is exposing a lot of the fraud. Yeah, it's making absolutely. a lot of people, yeah. depending no matter what party side they're on, to question our election. Hey, big thank you here to both of you. And let's, let's keep close. I, I love uh, your insight on this. Garrett Lewis, again, radio host for Morning Ritual, KNSTAM in Tucson. And Jennifer Kelly, who's been uh, really working with Team Kerry now, uh, which is really how she got this far, was the, the grassroots movement, the people who got behind her. She's a hell of a candidate. There's no question about it. Thank you both. 
Thank, Thank you. you, Malcolm. You are a very smart guy. Confirmation. Yes, you are. I, see that. <laughs> I was able to convince him by just that one segment, That's friends. Right. That's remarkable. <laughs> we'll see what happens there now. Oh, my golly. Well, listen, up next, uh, my fellow Americans, we'll take on Lieutenant Colonel Tony Schaefer. We'll hear, and boy, he made some forecast prior to the election. We'll see what he has to say now uh, that things are in the rearview mirror. Uh, we'll pick all that up next uh, as Viewpoint continues. We are the vision of the voices. You can email us at talk at americaoutloud.com. All right. You've all heard Malcolm and the great Dr. Peter McCullough talk about the povidone iodine-based nasal spray Cofix RX. They talk about it because it's a product that actually works in combating colds, flus, and coronaviruses. Cofix is made in the USA and recommended by thousands of doctors and pharmacists nationwide. It's simple. By attacking viruses where they incubate, you make it easier for your body to heal. Check out the Cofix RX banner ad on AmericaOutloud.com and save 20% by using promo code OUTLOUD. These days, every time you turn on the news, it seems like there's a new threat to your health. Maintaining a strong immune system has never been more critical. Advanced Nutrition Company, Healthy Cell, created Immune Super Boost to help you strengthen your immunity. Unlike other supplements that don't work, Immune Super Boost is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed nutrients proven to support immunity, like vitamin C, D3, zinc, elderberry, and echinacea. These physician-formulated gels come in a small gel pack. Tear off the top and shoot it down, or mix it in water. Boost your immunity. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD. Restoring faith in the electorate. That is uh, the, the conversation today, my fellow Americans. It is Malcolm Allout here. Welcome back to Viewpoint this Sunday. Uh, as you can see the theme running through the broadcast, uh, people have concerns, a lot of consternation out there, questions. Uh, and again, we're seeing this play out in slow motion again. And it gives people a sinking feeling. Listen, even if it was all on the up and up and just perfect, and I say if, uh, you know, there has to be a better way to do things so people don't get to the point of, uh, you know, wanting to kill each other in the uh, in the public square here. Uh, it's a good uh, good point to bring on Lieutenant Colonel Tony Schaefer joins me <laughs> as uh, president of the London Center for Policy Research as uh, a CIA trained intelligence officer. Uh, 35 years in that business and uh, one of the I think one of the best political uh, voices and analysts out there. Uh, Tony, and uh, all right, so we talked before this. We all had a sense, uh, Tony, before this thing that, you know, I, I hate to talk about waves and stuff. And hell, I'm just looking for an American wave these days for people to stand up and take the country back, whatever color they are or, or in. But uh, it seems like we're slipping further and further away. Our predictions were the Senate would be very victorious and predictions would be about 53, could be 55 even. Uh, people were pretty high on that, some of those races. The House, uh, my golly, minimum 25, 30, 60, 70 even, we were thinking. What happened? Uh, thanks for having me, Malcolm. And uh, that's an excellent question. I mean, you've got uh, two races outstanding. 
you got Nevada. Uh, you got the, right. the that state did just elect uh, a Republican governor. Yeah. He was yeah. on the same ballot. So I think, yeah. you know, the chances. Are but still of course, there, now we just spoke above. They're still contesting Blake Masters is not conceding, by the way, in Arizona. There's still like uh, hundreds of thousands of votes not counted in those areas. Right. And that's an, and that's another area too, Arizona, too. And plus, you've got uh, Herschel Walker in, in um, Georgia, which I think the chances are pretty good, too, because I think there was a two percent vote that went to the libertarian candidate. I just don't think it's going to go to Warnock when, when all things are said and done. But yeah. why so, is it they always pull victory from defeat? Why is it, Tony, that I mean, I hear your confidence. I hear what you're saying. <laughs> but why is it at the last minute when it's a close call, it always seems to go to the Democrat Party? Well, I, look, I'll be honest. I think the Democrats uh, are much more apt to uh, cheat. I just I'm just going to say it. Yeah. Uh, I've examined these things for a while, and uh, there's several things that the, the Democrats uh, believe they should do, which I believe both undermine and uh, create uh, um, yeah. discontent and and um, less confidence in the voting system. That is, you know, the mail-in voting. I, I think that's one of the most horrible things that's ever done been done to the system uh the bottom line is to me constitutionally there's supposed to be one day a year you have uh, the vote and then you can have a few exceptions beyond that but it's got to be a very tight very uh, controlled uh, process and i think the more you open it up and you make it voting season and you have drop boxes and mail-in stuff that all creates insecurity and places to cheat and i'm i'm sorry my experience has told me from what I've seen regarding who got, gets prosecuted for crime mm-hmm. has been the left, the, the Democrats. So I think that's that's why in these small, you know, these races where the things are tight, you see a margin go the other way. And uh, as as sad as it is, that's my assessment. Yeah. Let's talk about the House of Representatives now. uh, And everybody reports different numbers, even. Everybody has a different reporting system. But let's say they are 211, if they are that. Um, Some people have reported less, some a little more. Uh, But you need 218 to be able to say you you own that body. Uh, What um, I've noticed the numbers on the left side have now crept up to well over 200. Again, some are reporting that, others not. But it's definitely crept up. I'm getting that same sinking feeling even with the House of Representatives. And then, Tony, not to be a smart ass here, but then I see reports in the last many days. Oh, by the way. You know, you know what? Democrats could still pull this out and win the House. And I thought, you bastards, you know? Yeah. What do you say? No, I what don't do believe think? it. Yeah. No, I don't believe it. I don't believe I think the House is still going to go Republican. I just don't, can't see. I have no doubt there's an enrichment of their uh, of their side. But I think the overwhelming uh, feeling still is that Republicans will still end up in control. There's a few. Even races. though a lot of those uncalled House seats are in California, Tony? I, I think that the, the Californians are as much as uh, upset as, as New Yorkers. New Yorkers, you had all sorts of pickups. Yeah, you weren't expected. Yeah, so, yeah, you so no, I'm still I'm still confident that they're going to end up with with a, a good number of folks. I've been to, I was in California this year. People outside of those uh, those big Democrat controlled areas are fed up. And I was in uh, Mount Shasta, uh, that area. Those folks are just tired of of being drawn in and uh, victimized by the politics of the left. So, yeah, I think a, a lot of places in California are just tired of the nonsense. So I, I've got to believe, yeah, that they're still going to go overall for the Republicans. Uh, you know, you've, they've only got seven to go for Republicans. It's a lot longer to go for the Democrats to get there. And I think they're going to have it. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. You know, you say Mount Shasta and the word that came to my mind immediately, Tony, was shafted. Uh, well, they, it- I, I'm sure they feel that they have been, you know, and <laughs> it was, I would go, I went into some, some, uh, some left, uh, I'll just say, you know, when looking around, I went in some, some really hippie shops and they all had the let's go Brandon stickers on their thing. So it was, it was, it was very clear where these people sat and it was not with the left. So. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. I haven't heard that phrase in a while. I actually forgot it. Yeah. That, that, uh, that, that ran its miles there. Um, yeah. All right. So if the house does that now, uh, you know, Herschel Walker Warnock, I mean, you know, I'll tell you truth be told, Tony, I was, I, I mean, I, I'll be honest, I, my mouth fell on the floor with that special election the first time around in Atlanta when I ever seen, I mean, here's what I really don't get. The values of a Warnock, who really is, I mean, he defines the word Marxist. I mean, he right. defines it. I'm not being a smart ass here. Or no, I'm with you. He I agree. defines it. He de- he's the definition of it. I mean, right. when you take a look at the politics of a man like that, Tony, and you look at Georgian values, they just don't connect. The first time that happened, I I just felt like we were raped in the public square. I mean, something happened. And here we are again, where Herschel Walker had gone up against this Warnock dude. I yeah. mean, what do you make of this? And why is Georgia even all over the map here? Marketing. The, the left is amazing they are. at creating a, an image and trying to feed into it. It's, yeah. it's all about emotion. This came up several times. I've watched the media on this, Malcolm. You know, uh, a lot of folks talk about uh, facts, don't care about your feelings. And that's kind of the Republican approach. And, and frankly, I, you know, I, I tend to think that's more true than not. And the left is always focused on emotion. It's like this whole abortion issue. It's like, oh, they're going to they're going to take away. It's like uh, the, those states which have. Uh, maintained uh, the, the abortion issue are going to maintain it. The, sure. the, the left, but they, but they, they didn't take away anything. Like, yeah. yeah they're, they're trying to make it look like, Oh my God, you know, it's, it's all going to happen to every woman and it's not. So it's, it's all emotional. And so Warnock being uh, who he is and wh- what he represents is constantly put into the light of, Oh, he's only there to try to help people. He's only there to try to, you know, make sure the system doesn't do anything to harm the little guy. But that's the irony of it. Malcolm, think about this. The people who have been most hurt and most uh, 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 disadvantaged by the policies of the left are the poor and the middle class, but more the poor. Who can afford, you know, uh, 7% to 8% inflation per month to include then everything else that you have to pay for? The, the, The poor are the ones who literally the ones who are the most impacted but yet they're the ones they promise constantly to help and the other thing real quick it's this whole student loan thing uh uh, forgiveness i would argue that whole thing was a sham the the democrat party does this as routine they will make large promises uh, and pander to to certain groups uh, knowing full well they'll never deliver but it's about the emotion it's like well we wanted to do it but you know the republicans stopped us that uh, that seemed to be a ploy at this point. The courts have knocked it down. He never had the constitutional right to That's do correct. any of that. He, he, right. the guy, he's not a king. They act like they're kings in there, you know. And right. that's part and parcel of the problem we're having with that office. You know, they're very clever on the left, as you pointed out really well. And and I see there's a little bit of gloating right now going on. But I mean, we really are, Tony, the picture of two countries. 
We are two different kinds of people here. Those that have been brainwashed from, again, the media narrative and still think they fit that narrative. And then the rest of us who are fighting to get that America back. This election didn't resolve any of that. It it maybe pushed it out further. But, you know, you and I and millions of others went in with, listen to me now, went in with faith and dignity and this last election and felt, okay, we just need a fair election. We just need to have a real conversation because we know we're on the right side. We know we're mm-hmm. on the side of good. We know what we're doing. I mean, we, we just know the score. And that's all we wanted was a fierce shot at that. You were highly optimistic. Everybody sure. I know was highly optimistic. We knew that, you know, not for nothing, but we knew that this was going to be a resounding uh, repudiation against the Marxist agenda that Biden has put forth. Yet they're looking at it as a victory because of all the shenanigans they play on the left. This is a real problem, Tony. Well, I think we need to learn lessons about the shenanigans again. Uh, Carrie Lake and her battle, you, you know, you've, yeah. you've talked to her folks. Yeah. That's why, why do you think it's okay? Why did anybody think it's okay for a, uh, an election system in Arizona to be equivalent of that in Zambia? I mean, it's like an African third world nation where you have people not able to actually do the things necessary to secure the system for people to vote. How is that possible? Uh, Ron DeSantis, I don't care how people feel about him. Ron went in and completely uh, fixed the Florida system, Uh, prosecuted those who were engaged in fraud, made sure that uh, those mechanisms available to citizens were secure and did it, just did it. Uh, and and if the, the, the right. third largest population in America can can get everything done day of the election, yeah. there's no reason for any other state to not be able to do that. There should be some basic guidelines we can follow as the United States. And I'm not talking about federalizing things, but let's put out some guidelines. Sure. Uh, well, I've, I've worked on that. And there was okay. two bills I worked on years ago, the Paper Act in the House and mm-hmm. the Secure Voting Act in the Senate. And I actually met with, with uh, Mitch McConnell's staff and uh, Mark Meadows uh, and Jim Jordan were helping do it in the House. And that's the, that's the problem. We, you cannot federalize, at least our our position, the right, conservative right. position, is you cannot federalize. No. And there was an attempt to essentially create kind of best practices and then to fund those best practices. But uh, nobody could just could uh, decide on that. And frankly, I think the left did not want to have best practices because it would just get in the way of them doing what they we all. Well, it's a circus now. It's a right. circus, Tony. And now they're doing worst practices, for God's right. sakes. You know, the, with yep. all this, these COVID shenanigans that have been put into place. And like uh, in the previous segment, Garrett had mentioned uh, a lot of that Arizona policies were put into place with John McCain, the rhino. Um, yeah, of exactly. Years back is what exactly. he said. So, I mean, come yeah. on. You know, this is a two-party shit system to hell is what it is. I mean, economic experts are predicting some real hardships ahead uh, and a collapse in our country economically. This GDP that slightly came up the last quarter, they say, was not at all what we're going to be experiencing. In the no, next couple of quarters. no, it's not. And plus, we've had a net decrease in overall wage value so it's yeah you're right i mean it's not it's not going in any positive direction at this point no there's going to be a lot of pain still to come with this is what uh, i'm suggesting to you yeah no arguably i think they hid as much of this as they could for the purposes of getting past this midterm and i think we're going to be hit by it big time in december and january and they were successful at hiding it tony they were successful at hiding. they're very very clever as i say on on the left you know yeah no doubt
Every way they play it and how they play it is exact. It's just to win. They at the end of the day, and and the thing about it is they know how to do it. They're some of the biggest thieves going. Uh, and the way they play this thing is is absolutely outrageous. So bringing it to a head, uh, let me say this. Now, we've titled this broadcast today, Restoring Faith in the Electorate. I'd like to give you the last uh, couple of moments to talk uh, and, and really have a compelling amount. How do, in your opinion, how can we restore faith in the electorate, Tony? Well, I'm going to say something maybe counterintuitive, but I think we've got to hit the ideas and concepts that we put forth at an emotional level. Uh, facts may not like uh, having, they may, may not uh, care about your feelings, but we should be more sensitive to that. And I'm not talking about the George Bush kindler, gentler conservatism. I'm talking about basically being better salesmen at what we, we represent. Um, I live in a small North Carolina community. Uh, the people here are very independent. The people function as a as a community. We need to help people to understand that the concepts we bring uh, are going to create conditions for them to benefit because the idea the left has always put forth is the government's here to help you. And if you don't let us help you, you know, the, the Republicans are going to take everything. It's just not true. And people need to understand that. So I think we need to kind of reframe our fact-based perspective and policies and try to make sure that we then can swoop into that emotion space and use good positive emotion to overcome the left's uh, manipulation and lies. And I think that's one of the things we should focus on in the next election. And man, you are spot on. You're talking marketing here, marketing one yep, on It's something absolutely. the uh, yeah, the Democrats have always done far better than Republicans. Always, yep. always, always. They always win that race. They know how to put what do they call it, Tony? Lipstick on a pig? Oh yeah. All uh, right. So, and they got a lot of lipstick over there, but you're right. That's a great way to think about this, friends. Uh, restoring faith in the electorate. Uh, it, it is about the package. And because, well, the point that Tony makes a moment ago about zombies uh, is very accurate. And I mean, I'm not trying to be, you know, a smart ass here, but it does fit though, doesn't it? And uh, so, you know, the way you got to do that is package things accordingly. These arguments in the debates uh, so we really have a sense that Americans have a sense of what the stakes truly are. They've got to do a better job marketing, no doubt about it, especially coming into these pivotal key races here. Uh, Lieutenant Colonel Tony Schaefer, thank you, brother, for joining us on Viewpoint this Sunday. Here, thank you. Uh, hey, listen, thank you. And, and, you know, as we always say, God speed America, right? Thank you for joining me on the mission here. It's time uh, to get involved and get loud, America.